Hey tribe, welcome to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. Now, here at Word Up, we host a number of different podcast series, including Words Are Matter, Planetary Service Announcements, Witchy Life Hacks, The Conscious Awesome Show with my amazing co-host, Justin Polgar. It's where we play Spot the Propaganda together, and it's where we have high-vibe, deep-diving conversations with amazing humans. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for this week's episode. I'm so excited to share this very special episode of Word Up, wherein I interview my dear friend and spiritual teacher, author of The Gene Keys, Richard Rudd. I'm calling this conversation Heterarchy and the Gene Keys Lines. Don't worry if you're not familiar with the Gene Keys, if you have no idea what heterarchy means. It's a really fun, deep exploration of how to evolve our culture and the structure in which we're all contained. Before we dive into it, I'm reminding you to subscribe to the channel so that you can stay abreast of my every Word Up podcast offering. If you're inspired to see us with your eyes, I have posted this episode as a video on my Odyssey channel, which is where you can find all of my Word Up videos. So as long as you're there, I recommend subscribing as well. To learn more about the Gene Keys, head over to genekeys.com and nab yourself a copy of the Gene Keys book, which is on sale now. And as you're wanting to learn more about how hierarchy has infected our language and how we can evolve our language and our culture by way of heterarchy, check out a really fun webinar I recorded called Word Up, How to Empower Yourself and the world with your every word. It's available now as a digital download. You can click through the link in my show notes to navigate your way over to it today. And now here's my conversation with Richard Rudd. Tell me about your heterarchical Okay, so I've been studying this for a few years, as you know, because I've pestered you a couple times. And the deeper that I dive into my book, and the gist is that patriarchy is not the issue. The issue is hierarchy. And until we're living in a heterarchical culture where there's no privilege, we're not going to have an even playing field. And my angle, of course, is language. So I can see from examining the language where hierarchy is inorganic and is not serving the highest interests, you know, at a fundamental programming level. And at the same time, I understand that there is natural hierarchy that 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 just naturally exists. So I'm curious, like how we're to create a heterarchical society while at the same time honoring natural hierarchy and what that balance will Mm -hmm. be and how that will look. Yeah, that's such a good question. <laughs> well, should we get into that? I'd love to. Um, I mean, my so so my my take on it is that you have because you know I love threes and trinities, so you have uh, heterarchy which is horizontal and hierarchy which is vertical, and then you have synarchy 
which is the com is the correct and organic balance of the two working together and um a lot of people kind of misunderstand synarchy as a term and uh, i've noticed this and I, I will do my best to remedy that it's quite a it's, it's a it's a mystical term in a way anyway it takes quite a, a deep um contemplation to penetrate it because you know as you know in gene keys it's, it's also the name for one of those cities one of those higher states so that it's, but it's so it's something you kind of have to really wrap your whole being around um, because it kind of transcends our dualistic understanding because it's beyond dualism. Um, so the way, one way to understand it is um, it is that it is that natural organic balancing, but, but what people often think is that they think synarchy is the same as heterarchy. Um, so they think when I'm talking about synarchy, it means everyone's equal and everyone has this, um, you know this sort of horizontal order where where there's a balance and and there there can be a great creativity in that as well like it like people have found in in businesses or in organizations that um heterarchical models work really well they tend to work well this is my understanding they tend to work well in departments um, but they don't tend to work well overall because no control overall or no you know it's like it can be a bit of a soup but in a department, like let's say a creative department, it's amazing. So you have no one in charge and you have, it's like the brain firing all this, you know, with complete liberation, complete freedom. Um, but the barrier, the, you know, the boundary is kind of, is, is not, is, is outside the room, you know, the bound, but it's not bounding the ideas. So in that sense, heterarchy is like, um, in, in, it's, it's what we need to, to kind of get to the next level and in a way because hierarchy is that hierarchy on its own uh, we all know what that does that creates you know it creates division and it creates you know rich and poor and it creates deeper and deeper divisions in society and it creates you know all the divisions that we see today and worse um particularly from the past you know and, and control and those in control and those are not in control and it creates territorial disputes and all of, you know, we know the story. And, and that's what, why, what you're pointing your laser at. Um, and, and yet I would argue that heterarchy isn't the answer on its own. Um, because it, although it's an, it might be the next step, you know, because it, and we need to get used to it. So we need to play with it. But I, I'll give you an example um, of a heterarchy um, that I've witnessed for, for over a decade, which is our local, my local Steiner school where my kids have gone to school. And it's very heterarchically um, organized, or it used to be, it's less so now. Um, and, and so you have these groups, which were called mandate groups, which are groups of parents and teachers and, and contributors, you know, stakeholders in the school in different ways. And they come together and deal with different problems in these different pools and the whole thing was very creative um, and um, everything took a lot longer <laughs> but the you know than it would if it was a hierarchy if a, you know you could yeah, and you sometimes felt yourself missing a hierarchy you felt like oh I wish there was someone in charge just to say <laughs> let's get on with things um, but actually what you've got from heterarchy is relationships so you got to know people and you got to listen to people and you got to empathize with people. And, and that's what's missing in hierarchy often 
you know that you you have these divisions and and but then but then the, in the heterarchical model there there was there wasn't enough kind of uh, of the hierarchical ordering you know there wasn't enough of the kind of natural pushing things forward and and in it, so it lacked efficiency and so you saw energy ultimately leaking and money leaking and time and people exhausted and overwhelmed over time because the amount of time it took to to work things out in that way although what you got was a wonderful sense of community right but then the end it also kind of fell apart that model and it had you know anyway I won't go into what happened but um, it was a really great teaching for me witnessing it and at times being part of it and and sort of feeling the loveliness of it and then the frustration of it as well and and hearing it hearing it from others and and so um, synarchy is is that balancing is where you where you kind of in a way you need to start i feel you need to start with a hierarchical feeling and a model and then you can gently bring in the hierarchy or you don't even bring it in you kind of tune into it because it's already there like you said it's organic and it's and it's not about um it's, well th there is leadership in it actually um but it's not leadership from uh from the old way it's not a lead the leader doesn't kind of um volunteer or even that you know they're usually kind they're usually located by the group you know uh, quite simply and and i it's another thing that i often find is you know nowadays you probably know this i'm sure you do like, like there's all these kind of there's in the, in the business world and the corporate world all the talk is about leadership how to be a good leader how to be a leader leadership conference leadership this leadership empowerment leadership mentoring leadership oh my god it's like exhausting and the irony is that not everyone can be a leader in a, you know like everyone can it can kind of well not everyone's designed to be a leader um in in a way and there are different forms of leadership for sure. There are different qualities and styles and modes. And yet not you, you know, if you, if you don't have that capability, you really wouldn't want to be one. It, you know, you'd feel the pressure of being in the wrong place. Like I, I don't want, I don't want these responsibilities. I don't want this because it's not easy being a leader um, because you you draw the projections you brought, you know, you have to, you, you have to have a certain kind of, set of qualities um for sure you have to have mo probably one of the most important i would say is is listening the ability to listen you know um so that would mark out a leader in a way like in a hierarchy those who listen really well are actually those who you could trust um and and so that's how a hierarchy kind of start to find itself within a heterarchy but and then that starts to crystallize into a synarchy and then it's almost like you don't really have leaders you just have people who take different layers of responsibility so if you think of society if, if you think of like a town or a city and you go well there's the lord mayor and then there's at the other end of the of the spectrum there's the street sweeper and then there's all the roles in between that help the city kind of function and the shopkeepers and the you know all of that and yet you know the person in the right place who loves that place is the person is that is the that is their role and it's it doesn't 
it doesn't have to be any more important than the person who has a great a, a greater sort of um, responsibility externally. But in in a in one sense, they don't have a greater responsibility. That's just the way we see it. Like the street the street sweeper has an equal responsibility. You know, do you know what I mean? There's an that's where the equality is. It's 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 only when the when we come in and we we bring our fearful ideas of well control and the controlled and the leader and the follower. Whereas in fact, the ideal in a synarchy is that everyone just everyone is living their higher purpose. And that's why, you know, like I, I've been connecting recently with this lovely man, Daniel Levin, and he's written this book called The Mosaic. Do you know him? No. Is no. He the, he's not the one who you've been doing the reincarnation series with? No, that's Chris, Chris okay. Beige. He's also a lovely man. Um, <laughs> but no, Daniel Levin, he's written this book called The Mosaic. And then it's, it's a, a series of, of it's, a, it's the journey of a child who meets a series of people in uh, you know, and so each chapter is named after the person. And there's a mirror maker, there's a there's a shoemaker, there's a street sweeper, there's a you know, there's a wise one, there's a you know, and and all these people together form the mosaic of life. And they all have different sort of fractal views of reality, but because they're in the right place and they're living their higher purpose then they're in the place where their genius resides. And so that, so the street sweeper is, is every, you know, is, is, is doing something every bit as powerful as the Lord mayor at the top, you know, at the, at the top of the external hierarchy. So it's really about people being in the right places, um, which means you have to have people who can listen at all levels and people who, you know, have, transcended their egos and and their and who've who've gone through a process of letting go and they've realized that you know success is not about achievement they've realized that you know success and failure are kind of a game that once you've exhausted it you actually come to a place where you're actually not looking for success anymore you're looking for fulfillment and fulfillment is a very different thing from success so that's the kind of the ideal of synarchy is so it's di- it's difficult unless you unless you have a lot of people who are beginning to find their higher purpose in life and then they find their center of the it's it's an omnicentric model in that sense they find their center in the synarchy but there's no longer the role is 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 unimportant it's it's like uh, the ancients say you know the if you look inside, you know, the wise ones will say, if you look inside two human beings, a king and a, and a poor and a beggar or a queen and a beggar or whatever, you know, president and a beggar, the, if you look deep inside each of them, you see the same formlessness. It's just, you know, we are, we are the formless. So when we realize the formless and we find that love inside us, the role, it doesn't matter. The, the role is just the role that, wraps itself around you so i'm wearing these clothes you're wearing these clothes and so it's an ideal synarchy but it's uh, so it's where we're moving towards um and i think what you've put your finger on danny is that heterarchy is probably the first step to to learn again because it's where we learn the listening so i don't know how, how does that land with you 
Yeah, it, it definitely, a lot of the pieces are landing and it sounds like, yeah, exactly as you're saying that heterarchy is a place, it's a, a phase through which a natural, more loving, authentic, aligned, natural, organic hierarchy may possibly emerge if that's what's right for the whole. Is that what I'm getting? But not necessarily like its own sustainable thing. Since heterarchy remains such a, you know, like I've been studying holacracy and other sort of implementation, but yeah, when we go to the larger, you know, the larger overarching structures, it just doesn't seem super viable to all of a sudden get rid of hierarchy, but were a natural hierarchy to emerge with people not being attached and people leading in service to the whole, not out of any egoic thing, then hierarchy doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. Is that the gist? Exactly. And you, what you can have is you can have lots of clusters of heterarchies kind of connected to each other through, you know, hierarchical strands, if you like. So, um, I don't know, one of the, th one of the um, models that I've, I kind of, I, I want to experiment with, which I haven't yet, is, I don't know if you're aware of the, my Delta program. Have you done the Delta? You've done three. Oh, good for you. Well, so you'll know, like, um, that's the beginning uh, because it's, you know, but then the next stage of the Delta, there's another stage of the Delta, I don't know if you knew about that, um, where um, you have three Deltas, 77 people, three sevens, um, go into a pool. So you have 20 people, 21 people, and they go into this, this new form together. And it consists of three fives at the corners it's like it's it, it has a geometry to it so it's a it's a it's a collective form it's a collectivity so it has three groups of five and one in the middle of six and um and it's the the three ones on the corners which i borrowed a term from human design called the penta pentas um they are they are kind of called the love penta the the action penta and the mind penta and so, you know, the wisdom penta. So you have love, wisdom, and act action. And then in the middle is the hive. It's like the mind, the hive mind. And there's three, there's six people, and, there's, and they're in three pairs. And each pair communicates with one of the, one of the pentas. So it's like, it's like this tetrahedral shape. And the six are all connected, and they discuss things together. And the information passes from the penta who make their decisions who come up to the hive and then the hive feed it back out to the three. So the community, that's the theory, right? And it, and then, and anyway, and then this group of people that, so what's going to happen when we trial it is this group of 21 people who've already done the deltas. So they already kind of understand how collective mind works to a degree. They're given a challenge and their challenge is you 21 people have to enact a philanthropic deed in the world, right? You have to do it. Right, you've got as long as you need. You 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 can do it. You have to organize it yourself. You have to self-organize. You have to figure it out. These are your roles, you know. So these three thrusters of the pentas. This one, this group is its job is to make sure that it stays on track through love, you know. So you don't lose the empathy. You don't lose the reason, the heart reason why you're here. And then the wisdom one is like tracking okay, we need to be really clear about this. Like, it's great to be loving and all that, but we're like, we're like focused on like, well, let's have some clarity. Let's have some clear plans of how we go about this. And then 
the action one, obviously, their role is to make sure that things happen. So, but between the three of them, they're kind of networked together as a as a whole. So, it, I'm I'm sh I'm sharing this because it's an example of theoretically, anyway, because we haven't trialed it yet, how um, a collectivity could operate um, through through heterarchies network together. Um, but you see, it's almost like that there is a hierarchy. It's very subtle, but it's not it's not a normal hierarchy. Um, there's almost a hierarchy of, of communication, you know, um, but everyone's even there because everyone's the thing. It needs to listen to itself. You know, every every person needs to be listening to the whole. And that's like an advanced. That's how an advanced civilization might operate. And you know, where is the hierarchy of communication in this structure? Well, because there's the, the hive in the middle, those six people, their responsibility is to filter and interpret what each penter says and then share that back with the group. So they have a specific responsibility to get so, it clear and they have to check, you know, so that's they're in a way the, the kind of the brain. So it's, it's a subtle form of hierarchy, but it's not a up down. It's just there's a there's a way in which the communication has to happen. It's like passing the talking stick in a circle. You know, that's the rule. Here are the rules of communication. So that's all I mean by the, there's a structure form. Mm -hmm. It feels like that. for yeah. that to succeed, that trust is so key. Like everyone in the penta has to really trust those six beings in the middle to be able to accurately translate. Yeah what they're wanting is that is trust building part of totally yes and and so the so the so the pair here that are communicating with the love painter for example they have to check with them is this exactly what you want us to say to the whole is this is our interpretation um and and you know would you like is that are you okay with that so they have to kind of check that and then they get the okay hopefully um and so you have a kind of consensus that hopefully builds Okay. But there may have to be also kind of checks and balances built in where each penta has to kind of, because there might be disagreements or dissonances. Like, um, and so you've got to keep the energy moving. Um, so we don't really know how it will work with current um, human beings. Right. But <laughs> one could imagine how uh, in the future with a more advanced awareness, that might be how our civilization is designed to operate. Um, and so in a way, when you look at things like that, it's, a, it's an out of the box way of thinking, you almost kind of eliminate heterarchy and hierarchy. You, that's, that's, that's a glimpse of synarchy um, because it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not dealing with either, it's dealing with both, but it, you know, because it's all built into the, the system itself. But I, I kind of feel like, I, I don't know, in the glimpses I've had of collective intelligence, um, that's how I see it working, something like that, where um, decisions kind of get made, you know, through, a pro through an alchemical process mm -hmm. that takes place in small groups. And those groups have to get to know each other really well so that they can totally trust what's going on in the, in the, in the group. And then they can feed that. And, and then they, they have to, yes, you're right, trust the hive and then they communicate out and, and they're hearing feedback coming from the other ones that's feedback to their feedback. Um, but, and you're getting kind of 
at different levels feedback. So they then process those two other layers of feedback. And the hive people, don't, they don't add their own interpretation. Ooh, that's, that takes a real yeah. clean system. Totally, <laughs> it does. It does. And that's their, that's their journey. Yeah, totally. You know, like, because they have to meet as a six and in pairs. And, um, and also in that system, um, you, you get, you know, the idea is that you land in your place and you don't move. You stay in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you stay in that place until the philanthropy is done. Um, so your job is that job. It's that role. And you've landed there for a reason with those people for a reason in order that you can, you know, find this higher harmony. So it, it's an example of how, how, it, how it might work. Yeah, I'm learning the deeper I go into the study that heterarchy is a big leap into the unknown since there is no fixed structure. And I just started a group here, a solution salon, and we're aiming for a hierarchical structure. And we're not going with the idea that there's no leader, it's that wisdom is the leader. And our job is to tune in and we don't know who it's going to want to speak through at any given moment. But the big piece that I'm noticing now is that the most awakened, expansive, loving leaders or potential leaders want nothing to do with that role or responsibility. That's what I'm finding in my world is the people who seem like would be the best just want nothing to do with it. Mm. I think that's, that's what marks them out as good for the role. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, one of the, one of the, uh, I don't know if you were you at any of my uh, things where I any of my events where I um, where we organize people into the line numbers. Did you? Ever, yeah. Were you there? Were you I in was a, at on Cortez Seven Sacred yeah. Did we do that there? Yeah, we were both one lines. Oh, cool. So that was a good example again of how a synarchy kind of builds itself through through humans. Um, you know, playing different structural roles in the in the overall reality. Because remember, the first lines all start in the middle, and they and the, we ask them to stand alone, in, in case anyone you know, because you may, you know what I mean. But people who are listening to this might not know. So, you a group of people, and you get all the all the first line people to go into the middle and stand alone, and everyone else is around the outside, and um, and each group has to feel like feel what's it like to be that first line, to be that alone, to be that like that entrepreneur, that sort of anchor alone. And there are other ones next to you, but there's a space between you, you know, and, and uh, but there's a relationship within the space, but there's still like you're alone. And then the second lines come in and the second lines form bonds. You know, they, they, they form one-to-one bonds. So they find a first line and they bond with them, you know, like, you know, in, chemistry and they connect them and then there's a relationship that builds and there's something magical when that happens because you know you suddenly have a kind of pregnant uh, vessel and there might be also a few ones that aren't that don't get bonded with because there aren't enough or maybe there are too many you know so there's a you know, and and that's also life sometimes there's some floaters you know <laughs> waiting to bond um, or there's some first lines waiting to be discovered in their basements you know and 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 that's how it is. There's always like that kind of camp, that that choreography at work of of waiting for the right moment. But then the third lines come in, and their role is to um, 
what were they? They were just to form little uh, groupings of, of five or less, right? So they can like cluster, they can cluster together. You gotta have, I, I think it's like, I think it's five. I think we said, it depends how many people you have, but it's, it's small clusters anyway, families in a way. Um, so they create families. So you've got these little units of five or less, these pentas, these groups um, who are just like floating. And, but the moment the threes come in, there's, war, there's a real bubbling warmth that enters the room because it's not just the intensity of, of a pair or a relationship or a partnership, you know, which is, could be the foundation, for example, of a business, or it could be the foundation for a marriage, or it can be the foundation for a family or any, anything. Um, but then when you have the third one, you have a little family, you have a child, you have a kind of third witnessing energy. So, uh, or more, you might have, you know, you have different, you know, in a five, there's different pairs, there's threes, there's four, there's a four, there's a, you know, there's one left out, if there's a four, there's all these dynamics. And so there's this kind of richness and energy and bubbling energy, so and, and laughter often, and it can be pain as well. And um, because one leaves or it splits up and then it forms another one. And those are the little family units. And then when the fourth lines come in, their job is to make sure that there's not a single person disconnected. So they connect up all the units. You know, they're the networkers and they connect together all those units so that there's a big chain. They're the links of culture. So those fourth lines, that's how they bind, you know, they bind families, groups, um, they kind of bind together one cluster, one silo with another silo, and they kind of bridge whole networks. And, and that's an incredible role because then, then you have, when the fourth line comes in, you have we for the first time, you know, you have we. It, in, it, if you look at the pronouns, they follow this. So it's I is the first line, you singular, that's the relationship. He, she, or it, that's when you're looking at another cluster over there, going, look at that, look at he, and look at that one, look at that, she, look at that, you know, look at that. Um, and then um, four is when it's a we, suddenly there's no one left out. And then when you have five, the leaders, the, the kind of traditional, they're not traditional, but the five is the leader, and they come in and they all stand around the circle like uh, pillars, but they're facing outward. That was the way we did it. So they face outward. And I don't know if you remember how that felt, Danny. It was quite powerful. Do I don't remember, remember that specific, I don't yeah, remember the five line exercise, but I mean, I remember the yeah. whole thing was so powerful. It's quite powerful because you, for the first time, you know, the fifth, the fifths, the, the fifth lines, they are kind of, they're holding the responsibility of the whole, they're shouldering it, you know, and that, uh, you know, and that's why they're looking outwards. Um, because they're kind of, they've got your back, you've got their back, you know, they're, they're your spokesperson. And you can feel that the, the kind of the responsibility of that and the courage of that and the humility of that. And, and, um, and also the protection, actually, of that, it feels protective, you feel, you know, you feel like, wow, the power of having someone who you know, you can trust, who, you know, and you realize for the first time what, uh, what those people actually, you know, how that's, that's a rarer role, you know, um, and it, not everyone can do that. You know, it's a certain predisposition, soul energy or a genetic energy or whatever you want to do, whatever you want to look at it. Does that anyway, coincide that with the role of the five line to kind of track transpersonally 
Yeah. Everyone? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And ultimately, actually, it's the fifth line is the most generous in that way. It's like, it's the most magnanimous. It's like, it's in some respect, it's the humblest because it, because it takes on the, it says, okay, I will take on the projections for the, for, for all of you, you know, I'll take them. And, 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 you know, whatever that does, you know, if they take them well, then it, you know, it's their generosity that just transforms them. And you're, you, of course, one, two, three, and fourth lines are then in full support of that. So the fifth line gets all the support of, of those it's representing, you know, and out of this structure has, has kind of formed our hierarchies in, in, you know, social hierarchies throughout history. But it, of course, it's all about the frequency of the individual's you know, because that's a natural, I haven't got to the sixth line yet, but that's a natural um, way in which humanity is designed to operate. You know, and you can see the whole history of humanity in that from the from the cave dwellers, the Neolithic humans, you know, the isolated little groups, the first partnerships, all of that, you know, social hierarchies, buildings, heterarchies, building. Um, and then you can see like the, the tyrants and the leaders and the pashas and the kings and the emperors and the warriors and the you know, you can see them all, you can see the whole thing kind of in its, in its kind of grisly glory and, and how it's led. But it, so underneath hierarchy is actually something pure, but it's about the, it's about the energy inside the individuals mm -hmm. um, and how, we, you know, we, once we make it to the next tier of consciousness, we'll restore natural synarchy you know and the, and the six lines kind of key because in the current hierarchical model of the planet the six lines have been left out you know because the six that you know that's the nature of the six line it always feels left out in a, in a hierarchy in a hierarchy that isn't fully functioning in a healthy way there are no healthy six lines and so the six lines don't feel like they have a role in that. And, and their role is really, you know, their deepest role is philanthropy is to see and vision is to see on behalf of the whole is to see even beyond the leaders. It's to be able to kind of see, well, you know, how are the leaders doing as well, but it's, it's to be able to be in each one of the other parts, the one, the two, the three, the four, the five, and to have in a way the six line has to move through all those roles in, in their life to understand them all. And so it's only when they come really later in their life, that's why they say in your fifties, Chiron return, that the sixth line kind of develops its, um, its wisdom, you know, and, and it's, and, and then it can share that wisdom, but it's wisdom is a living wisdom rather than the kind of, you know, knowledge wisdom. Right. It's, it, and, and, and it's, it brings its, you know, so so the six lines often if there's a balcony, we put them up on the balcony and they can look down and then we invite them to come down. And they're always a little bit nervous about coming and joining in. And you can be anywhere in the in the group. You can be a five. You can be a four. You can experiment with any of them because you're the only one that knows you're none of them. So you're the one that is here to kind of remind us all of what synarchy is. And how far it can take us into the future and, to, in, and fulfill our dreams um, and our goal, our highest goals and stuff. So, um, but in, in like if you look at current day business, um, for example, you don't see a lot of it's beginning actually with the sustainable movement. 
you know, with people that are concerned finally about the environment, with people like you who are talking about heterarchy, people who are talking about EQ and listening. And, you know, these are all the kind of teachings of the sixth line coming in, going like, it's, it's not just our generation. It's about future generations. It's about layers. It's the whole of humanity. You know, we just, it's not about our little lifetime. It's about built, it's like the people that built those cathedrals, you know, um, that was beyond a lifetime, that work. And, and, and it's that as a metaphor, you know, cause I'm not wanting to glamorize what possibly happened in those times, but it's, you know, that's how it is. It's like, we're building these, this, this new world, but we have to kind of think beyond our generation. And it takes a six line thinking process to do that. And that, and when I say all this, by the way, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter which, you know, cause you might go, well, which line, you know, it's not about what you are. It's just about, you know, if you happen to know gene keys, you can look at that and you can probably extrapolate some value from that for yourself. But actually it's more important just to see that's how, that's how the whole of life works. So we have all of those lines in our lives. You know, we're all looking for relationships and love. We have to deal with family, you know, or, or, or business, you know, small groups, and we have to deal with community. That's the fourth line. And we have to deal with leaders. That's the fifth line or tyrants. And the sixth line is the one that's just coming in. It's from the future. It's like a, it's an awareness that's kind of coming alive online in us. And it's the one that understands synarchy. Um, so, so a business now, so I'm going on, but a business now that kind of asks the fundamental question of what is our true higher purpose that, or, you know, or a country or an organization, anything that asks that, what, how can we be of the greatest service to the whole? That's the question of the sixth line. If it lives that line, if a country were to have the amount, that courage to ask that question and then live it, that country would flower, you know, in an amazing way. Um, so yeah, I, I, that that would be a good thing to get into governments. So such a good thing. I'm curious about you mentioned the school that you were involved in and how it wasn't necessarily efficient and things were slower. And I'm wondering how much our distorted relationship to time interferes with the natural process of undoing the hierarchical distortions that really need to be undone. Did that school ultimately just fall apart? No, it mutated. Some of them did, you know, some of them do hierarchy, you know, heterarchy is an experiment. Mm -hmm. um, so wherever you see it in society, um, sometimes it, it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, it has to mutate. It has to change uh, in order to kind of, so, uh, you know, again, it depends on, you know, it can't really survive indefinitely unless it's part of another, like I said, the example of a, of a department. And then it could survive indefinitely almost because it's protected in a hierarchical model. And as long as that hierarchical model is, is fueling it and those people are being paid, it can stay, you know, right. but then the, but then the question is, how is the hierarchical model paying for it? You know, right. so it's not ideal, it's, but it's just an example of they can live, but that until it gets translated to the whole, that fragrance of heterarchy, then the whole can't really 
you know, we all have to, what I'm saying is we all have to awaken together. You know, it, that's what the Bodhisattva vow is all about. Like until everyone is awake, we can't all be awake. You know, we can't, you, there can't be the full awakening unless everyone's awake. I think that, you know, the Buddha, you know, had that realization at some level, like absolute awakening requires everyone to be awake. Otherwise it's relative awakening. You know, it's individual awakening, which, it, you know, you've merged with the formless. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> and the, the rest of us <laughs> are still here. <laughs> so um, that was what the whole Bodhisattva vow is. Sorry, I'm going I'm to give up my nirvana and I'm going I'm to stay here until the very end, until the very last person gets it. You know, which is such a beautiful uh, concept. You know, it's very, very, it's the ultimate six line concept, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, I wonder if, because I, I wonder how much, um, now I, I asked this, but I'm going to ask it again of like, I, I do feel like the hierarchical phase is going to require a slowing down and a shift in our uh, devotion to efficiency. And it's, I feel like it's going to require different timing because it is experimental and because it is elevating or prioritizing human relationship over bottom line and, and profits and whatnot. And my other piece is that I'm wondering, are we going to ultimately evolve out of natural hierarchy? Like, or natural hierarchy, like social, when you walk into a room and you can feel who top dog is and, and who isn't, and will we ultimately evolve out of that? I think it, I think it will take, I think you're right. It requires a slowing down because listening requires slowing down. And so it does require a shift in principles where we even see efficiency as, as something different, you know, it, like um, like t timing of, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's like we have to, we do have to find a, a, a different kind of way of being with each other. It's like, um, you know, if you, if you really get to the basis of, what matters in, to people in life, particularly for people who are dying, you know, it's always relationships and love. And those are the things that have meant the most. And so when, when, when people really get that, they realize, God, none of this stuff really matters, but this matters. The thing that really matters is spending time with people you love or, or creatures you love or, you know, with each other, love is the thing yeah. that matters and it kind of requires that we do change you're right just change our our kind of way of operating it yeah. feels and sacrifice efficiency to a degree yeah and i well i also feel like it's just may yes sacrifice but also maybe just shifting the definition mm. you know that's always my preference instead of saying something's like wrong it's just like let's shift it towards yeah. har harmony, you know, cause I see my impatience in my heterarchical group of like, we're not getting things done. And then realizing we, 
it's about harmony and knowing one another and trusting and being able to pass the talking stick and know when to listen. It's just my sense. I don't know. But as I, as I, you know, for me, it's all about the language and the deeper I study this, the more I've come to understand natural hierarchy and how it, it is there. It really exists. But as I also see, you know, language creates everything. It is the tool that creates our reality. So as we root unnatural hierarchy out of our languaging and we start speaking a, a truly inclusive and equal loving language, then I don't see how the reality that we program would continue to configure as hierarchy when that's rooted out of the language. And then that's where my mind just is like, well, I, I can't even conceptualize what that would be and how we would choose to self-organize without that tool. Mm -hmm programming us does that make sense yeah definitely but then when i, I go to as above so below are there dimensions that are operating without hierarchy at all yeah yeah well they've all they no, where they transcended and included it mm -hmm. you see what i mean so it's but but by transcending and included it they've also vaporized it in some way you know it's 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 kind of it, it's no longer a thing Mm -hmm. It's just part of harmony. It's part of the of the beautiful harmony, mm -hmm. and and that's the thing about harmony. Like once you feel, once you hear harmony between, a, let's say, a group of musical instruments, you you cease to hear the individual instruments. Mm -hmm. You just hear the harmony, you know, and 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 you not just hear, but it transports you to another realm. I think the other, I think the other process you're right is about language. Is um, the language of of energy is is crucial? Like understanding the configurations of energy and how it is transmuted by a group is really important. I did this thing a while ago um, of the six phases of that. Do you remember that one? It begins with dissonance. You know, so that was again six lines for you know. So the first line is dissonance. So in a, in any group, in your group, like really listen first of all, like where is there a dissonance? You know, and it's, and, and it do, it's not coming from a specific person, although it might it might come through one person's language, and it might dissonance. You might feel a dissonance in the group, but it's actually the groups. You know, if the group is there for the purpose of transformation, it, it no longer distinguishes you know, but that in terms of blame, it just goes, that person's tuning into the dissonance that's actually already here and they're representing it in some way. So let's listen to them and let's feel it with them. And because you all feel it, the moment you hear dissonance, you're like, oh, how could you say it that way? Or I don't agree with the way you phrased that or like that's really uncomfortable or it, it's just in their tone or it's anger or it's something that kind of forms the, an energy in you that's uncomfortable. And in a group, everyone feels it. Um, and, and so the key is not to sort of get hooked on the person that's brought it, but to listen to them and to realize it's part of the group as part of the collective. And um, and then when you let it in, the, the second phase is feedback, and the feedback is really important because the feedback is just that is like, oh that hurts, 
you know, it's like feedback can be like a reaction. It can be like, oh, I just, I don't know, you know, that just hurts when I hear you say that or that, you know, it's just, it needs to hear, it can be anger. It can be, it just has to come out. It's like, it's kind of, it has to come out in its purity and hopefully it'll come out without um, projection, um, but it still needs to come out. So it could come out as crying or, or, or anger or kind of a shout or some, you know, that's feedback. It's like comes out without any um, anything in the way. And, and that's about yeah. the first one before we move too yeah. far away, because yeah. I know this is something that comes up in the conversation about heterarchy is it gets confused with like socialism or communism. So where does personal responsibility come in? in terms of seeing this person as speaking the dissonance for the group itself. Yeah, that has to be, that is a really good point. That has to be, um, everyone in the room has to agree to that. So you need to have some basic principles, you know, in the in a, in a in any group. So you've got to start with those principles, those agreements. Okay. Like this is, you know, basic agreements that we, we will behave in this way. We will own our own things. And, and, and we, but the, for the, those who are listening, we will also own how it makes us feel when someone else shares something uncomfortable, you know, um, and we'll own our own projections um, and as best we can, you know, so some, but sometimes someone might need to share their projection because it just about part of the feedback, it comes out and they may not see that for a while. You know, because it's still quite early in the process. So the feedback is like it just has to come out into the room, you know, so you you let people. But then they're, they're still, you know, we're still owning as best we can what's going on inside us. And yet we also have to kind of allow a bit of, you know, if we're too kind of goody-goody, <laughs> it's like we're too, you know, if we're too controlled, then the energy of the feedback can't kind of come out. So there has to be a balance there, like share it, let it come out, but also maintain that, that kind of self-responsibility as much as you can. But then everyone has to also do their best to allow things to come up, emotions especially. So it feels um, like it requires us for the participants to be operating at a certain level. I don't know if it's necessarily a second tier, but going back to the Bodhisattva conversation that like, it's going to take a, a certain degree of collective expansion to be able to operate in, you know, and sustain a, a hierarchy. I think so. Yeah. I, although, you know, um, often in a group, you know, that feeling like the, the, there's, a, there's a group of people that, that kind of resonate. And then there's one or two who kind of seem like they are kind of on another plane um, or sort of stuck. and I, you know, it's like I always remember uh, Trumpa saying, you know, bring that woman back um, when they took that, you know, he went away and there's this one woman in his organization that just caused chaos. And when he was gone away on retreat, they kicked her out and then he came back however many months later and he said, where is she? <laughs> She's the linchpin of the whole community. Bring her back. You know, and finally they were all like at peace. <laughs> <laughs> but it took Trumpa's level of consciousness yeah. to be able to recognize that yeah. to rebalance the whole yeah. group. Yeah. So you, so those people are are not that you know they're kind of they're holding something important. They're holding a part of the trauma of the whole, and 
And they also really need, you know, they might need more patience that, you know, they, they're there for a reason. If they've arrived and they're there, they're there. It's like in the Delta experiment. If you get someone in your group who's really traumatized, out of all the hundreds of people who've been, who've landed in these deltas, this person's landed in your seven people, right? And you've got to deal with them for seven weeks and you've got to, you know, listen to that and, and hold that. But it's, and it's, and it's the net, it's the, perfection of the synchronicity that's landed them with you because so, each of those other six people or five people or six people who are dealing with that or five five of you who are dealing with that other well with six of you who are dealing with that person and their energy and that whatever it is it's exactly what you need it's the dissonance you know like you've got seven seven strands and a harp and one of them's completely out of tune and it affects all the others and so you have to kind of tune all of them to cut. You know, it's not only about that one twisting, twisting, twisting and getting it right. They all have to tune a bit more to kind of bring that balance back. So everyone has to stretch. Yeah. But what an amazing opportunity. And of course, yes, sometimes that person or that energy lands there and then it jumps out. You know, and that's also part of the process. It can't make. So if you maintain that state of forgiveness, patience, harmony, higher vision, and you maintain that around that person, um, they either heal or leave, you know, and, and that's like, you have to, you know, in the, in the Delta, for example, you get seven weeks to see, you know, and by the end of those seven weeks, something's happened or they've gone, (laughs) you know, um, probably they've, they've, they've gone through a healing and everyone's gone through a healing. I don't know if you experienced that at all, but it's because it's different each group. So Anyway, um, well, I don't know where we were, but um, I, I had interrupted you after you had done the second line. <laughs> yes, okay, the feedback, and then, well, we can just carry on chatting about it. But um, then the third line is alchemy, and they don't sort of, it, you know, it's all part of, it's all a flow, you know. So as soon as you feel the dissonance, the alchemy begins, you know, and the but it's just our way of breaking it down so we can understand the process, and the alchemy is. Um, is is the third line and the alchemy is is this process when a group is in mid transformation and it's kind of scary and it's at times or it it can be funny i guess uh um it can be very confusing um because you don't really know where you're going you don't know whether this is right you don't you 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 probably you know it's it's the time you're likely to doubt or question you know why am i here is this working what's you know all those things come up because it's the third line process you don't know um the alk you're in the crucible and it's a really important process to honor you know it's this is in any transformational process i'm describing something universal so this can happen in a conversation with a with someone this can happen you know within a relationship over years you can come in, you can move into an alchemical phase with someone in your, I mean, I've, you know, I've been through them with my wife, you know, where you go into, you know, there's dissonance that comes up, you know, and then there's, a, there's events that take place and, and then there's feedback and there's discomfort and then there's the alchemy and you're like, are we going to, are we going to make it through this? And, and no one knows. And you, and, and then the phase four is sharing, you know, cause I, I'll just roll it out and sharing is when, you kind of begin to lift 
free of the alchemy phase and some some part of you starts to kind of be able to share it's different from feedback which is just the raw like feedback of a you know if you think of a speaker you know when you when it goes like that's feedback can be like that it's kind of like oh it just comes out whereas sharing is is coming from the soul it, it's a had to go through alchemy and then the sharing comes out and the sharing can be tears or it can be you know it's a it's a it is a truly authentic expression of something in the deep in the group soul something deep in humanity's soul you know some deep wound or some deep yearning or something that everyone relates to but when it comes when when that level of sharing comes it sort of creates silence around it's like wow wow or sometimes like when someone shares from deep within their soul deep their vulnerability and everyone's like wow some you know this is this is the result of the alchemy and then it kind of often has you know a knock-on effect someone else shares and then someone else shares um, and and there's this kind of presence that return starts to return and then line five is distillation uh, where it's almost it's the end it's kind of the final it's the conclusion where everyone's you know so uh, sometimes it comes through one person who just distills everything who just uh, you know who's in their sharing they they just manage to kind of bring everything and they and they sort of speak the essence and everyone gets it but often it's come from one person sometimes the most least likely person you know the one that's been quiet or the one that's you know you don't expect and they you know how that often happens in a group the one that's quiet for a long time then suddenly speaks later in the process and they like come out with some incredible wisdom and you're like wow and everyone's like that's it <laughs> And then the process is kind of done. And then the sixth line is gratitude. And that's what everyone's feeling. Everyone feels it. And, and that's consensus, you know? So that's the process that has to take place in every heterarchical unit. It has to go through that. Sometimes it'd be an hour. Sometimes it'd be a week. Sometimes it might be longer. And you have to be committed and you have to have the agreement so that you stay committed and then you know, eventually you get to that gratitude and, and the gratitude can include um, differences, you know, so you can actually agree to have differences, you know, and it's like, and you, but you feel good about it. You're like, well, it's like you and I talking about whatever it was, COVID, you know, like we agree to have different views and because we're from different realities and different cultures and different conditioning around us and we've kind of sifted it for ourselves and we've looked at all the information and then we take our view and we're like, well, this is the, you know, this is where I'm at now. <laughs> it might change. Um, but then you're kind of, there's a, there can be a deep love and a respect, you know, for someone else's positionality. And you real, that's where you realize, oh, it doesn't really matter actually. <laughs> It really doesn't matter. It's like we all know. It doesn't really matter what color you are or what where you're from or, you know, what your background is. Actually, at the deepest level, you know, we're this, we are kind of part of the harmony. So, yeah, that's – hopefully that's a helpful 
way of also looking at the process underlying heterarchy as we move towards synarchy. That's super helpful. I'm excited to transcribe this and you know, I, I need to see it. I want to see a chart. Yeah. Given how, you know, expansive the Gene Keys community is and we're spread out all over the world in your own travels, do you see any geographical pockets that are moving us ahead as a humanity in this conference? Are there countries or regions that are starting to implement these things? Um, I think there are, there are groups of people working with it. Um, I mean, one of the things that one of the, uh, some of the earliest groups um, I came across were in Eastern Europe, funnily enough. And um, Romania was a good example. And I love the Romanians. And I went there the first time and I started to share all this stuff. And what do you um, love about the Romanians? Uh, I love their passion. I love the, their commitment. Um, and I'll explain why I love them, because after I left the first time, and I left them with the Gene Keys and they were all kind of excited. And there was a huge group of people and, and um, there. And, you know, mostly brought through my friend, Andrew Fretwell, who's a, a wonderful man who kind of introduced me into that community. And, um, and, um, and, and anyway, so after we left, um, there were all these kind of, they all entered a competition with each other. <laughs> setting themselves up as jinkies this and jinkies that and and then we had all this feedback oh this person's doing this and this and this group are doing that and it's like oh my god these what are they on <laughs> and 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 we had kept hearing this and then um i don't know uh, like after a few years um of working continuously with the jinkies and, and a lot of romanians continue to come and learn and go deeper um I remember saying to um, a friend, like, how is it now in, the, in Romania? And she said, it's really good. Everyone is really kind of working together. I said, wow, it's so that's so different from how it was in the beginning. And she said, yeah, they've really kind of started to get, not everyone, but they've started to understand the basis of this and they've started to work together and collaborate. And that, of course, collaborate, collaboration is the, is one of the key words for like, you know, being able to create these heterarchies. Um, and yeah, so I, I love here, I loved, I've loved witnessing that from afar. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect or they're perfect, but I think that their passion carried them through it. And the others are the Bulgarians who are very different, um, very different style of people, um, more intense in a way. And um, that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah yeah well there's this kind of passion where your emotion on your kind of on your sleeve of the romanians and then the bulgarians were more like held but you know more cautious but underneath this incredible deep dark depth you know i mean dark in a good way and um and so they took it very seriously um the ones i know and, and, and they've had their share of problems as well, of course, we all do. But they kind of, um, you know, they really modeled Synarchy from the beginning as best they could. And, and maybe it was also partly because they had this incredible teacher, Bain Saduno, who actually coined, you know, he, who spoke of Synarchy. And, and I, I kind of got the term 
um, inspired from him. So, so I'm just checking because my um, I don't know about the rest of the world. <laughs> Those are just a couple of examples. I'm curious to know how they were modeling synergy. I don't want to keep you too long, but I'm just curious when you say they were already modeling synarchy. Um, well, I think they, you know, well, heterarchy for sure. You know, they started to kind of consider how can we do this in a, in a you know, in a way that really has justice and fairness um, and include everyone and so that everyone is empowered okay. and that we listen to everyone. And they kind of, that they took that as their first, you know, the people that in Bulgaria, um, you know, they begun that with that, with those principles um, and, and, and maintained them as best they could. And I think that, you know, it's been quite successful because they created a culture of that um, in the beginning without it being kind of an imposition or a set of rules. Yeah, I'm which is always a, always a delicate that. balance. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it also often depends on the individuals, you know, if the individuals have really pure hearts and they kind of have clear minds and, and a real commitment to the core principles of how can I be of the greatest service to the whole? If that's their fundamental life view, then it's, it's, it can be powerful. Yeah. Same for anyone anywhere. And I, I'd love you know i'd love to hear more examples i'm probably not plugged in enough yeah i'd be I'm curious sure to know from our community watching yeah. this what examples they have and i'm also interested that it's coming out of eastern europe that i guess saw the dark side of hierarchy yeah. you know in a different way than we have here in the west totally totally yeah especially those two countries um you know and hungary was another one but i and um and and czech czechia as well um you know where there's a lot of people very interested in these teachings mm -hmm. um, and you know Hungary for example there's still that dark energy is still very much part of their government um, and um, but you know yeah you're right in, in Romania um, you know it was only in the 80s that the regime kind of fell apart and right and yeah and Bulgaria also you know fairly recent so the, so the memory is very much in the people it's even in the young the younger people actually still not very young, but you know, it's still carried. So yeah, I think you're right. I think you've got, you're onto something there. I, I had that sense when I was there as well. It's giving me a more well-rounded appreciation for the increasing tyranny and authoritarianism that we're experiencing here. Like maybe it's, you know, it's kind of like pulling back the slingshot to bounce us into a place where we're ready and resourced to really enact heterarchy. Yeah. So anywhere that anyone's experimenting with these ideas, it's, you know, it's absolutely, you know, like you are, it takes courage. It takes a spirit of adventure. It takes like that, that passion that I spoke of with the, of the Romanians and that intense focus, you know, of the Bulgarians yeah. and, you know, to really be able to kind of hold, hold a group of whatever size through that process I just described until yeah. you get to gratitude. Um, but wouldn't it be amazing if our our nations were able to do that? You know, if really? our yeah, well, they <laughs> will one day. Yeah, that yeah. they were able to move through those dissonances, um, and they had processes 
and under and an understanding, a spiritual understanding that enabled them to stay and realize that it wasn't about just words and working things out through strategies. It was the energy in the room mm -hmm. and it was about listening. Listening is the key, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Such a, such a, a more yin shift. Yeah. And that's why you, as you said, it takes, it's going to take time. It requires patience and yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what, what had happened with the schools had it, maybe some more patience or some more time. I don't know the, the elements in play, but I, I'm starting to understand that our misunderstanding of time might be getting in the way of evolving us into some of these structures. Well, often, you know, the problem is that time is money, isn't it? And so in, in our modern world, it's... That's in, <laughs> in a, well, in a business, uh, it appears that way, or in a, in a school, for example, um, you know, that if, you, if, if it's set up, in that way unless it has a lot of spare resources or it's set up in a different way um that can become a big pressure yeah you know absolutely that's the re that's just a reality for you know if you were to start with something from the beginning and you start with you know this is what i'm going to be doing with the pearl teachings later this year is sharing you know simplicity like if you start with simplicity and you maintain simplicity the whole way through and service, you know, if the business is fundamentally here to be of service and you maintain it, the simplicity at every level as it expands and it's self-sustaining, then you have a model that kind of doesn't get ahead of itself. Yeah. You know, so it, it, that time pressure doesn't have to be there, you know, because almost every business, if it starts to succeed, a time pressure starts to come in. You know, yeah, you're um, right. It would need to be woven in from the beginning, a different yeah. aim, different priorities to allow more time and patience. Yeah, and, and space to listen, really. Yeah. You know, you've got to create those times. Like, in, and everything's busy. Like, I, I know it with my, my business with Gene Keys is like, you've got to create time to meet so that you can question what you're doing and go, well, are we on the track? You know, what do we, what do we need? if it's if it's if something's becoming complicated if someone's becoming overwhelmed then we need to sort of stop and pause for a bit and and let the system catch up and us understand better what do we need to change here because if we carry on like this it's just going to make it worse you know because and, and that's what happens often in businesses you're feeding the beast and then it just and and, and it's a sort of addiction as well that we we fall into you know, because it well, keeps us. It's so much more compassionate to defer to the well-being of the players. Like, if we're overwhelmed and feeling rushed, then let's pull back versus, well, let's work harder and do yeah. more. Totally. Yeah. To try and get that, to try and get to the holiday, you know. Right. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I know. You've got to build the holiday in. Like, that's what, the holiday in, excuse my <laughs> <laughs> you build the holiday hotel franchise <laughs> <laughs> the holy day you know every, every day has to be kind of a holy day that's my aim for 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 jinkies as a business so that everyone you know is enjoying their role and mm -hmm. if people aren't enjoying their role then there's something wrong somewhere yeah and you and you and it's not that it's wrong wrong but there's a dissonance that needs to be listened to you know, 
So you yeah. need to hear the feedback, even if it's uncomfortable. And then you need to go through the alchemy of whatever that involves. You're going to have to make some changes, probably. Might have to let go of some things. So, you know, might have to pivot in our, in our goals, you know. Might have to cancel something yeah. that we had planned. Might have to, you know, a lot of, lot of difficult decisions we have to make to bring it back to, like, breathing, you know. And this is where we started. Let's carry on. So, like, it's a constant process of simplification. Life is. That's so helpful. I mean, I know you guys are doing so many things, and I don't want to add anything, but I feel like as you're tweaking the internal structure, some sort of blog or reflective process for other people creating these structures, for anyone who's who's creating and sustaining a hierarchical structure, that would be helpful for everyone since we're all making it up as we go along, you know? Like I just learned so much from what you just said. Yeah. It's a really good idea, actually. I, I will, um, I'll take that, I'll take that and contemplate that, Tony. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it'd be really nice. I mean, one of the things that we, we've, we haven't, we haven't actually met yet, but we're going to have a council um, where lots of different representatives come together to hear what's going on in the business and everyone reports in, you know, a coherence council. Um, but it occurs to me that it might be quite good to have someone from outside the business um, also participate so that they could share any insights um, out to, you know, anyone who's interested of what we're learning. Yeah, because I've seen, I mean, just in the, what, 11 years now I've been in the community, I've seen so many tweaks and shifts and changes. And I'm always curious, like, why? And what are they learning? And what is improving from this? And I feel like some sort of log of that for mm. those who are tinkering with the structures, again, mm. not to give you guys any more work, and no. be so helpful, because I just see how much more streamlined and, and effective you guys are now. So, you know. Yeah, well, we still got some some things that we need to attend to, <laughs> but you know. But then you know, it's it's a as I said, it's a constant process of asking the question like, is this still simple? Right. And is it still being of service? And you got to ask that question every single day, and every individual has to ask that question of their role because uh, no one knows better than you if you if you're a you know cog in a machine somewhere in a business and that's a nasty way of saying it but if you are kind of valuable valued part of a synarchy um but your little area is kind of becoming uncomfortable then you need to kind of take full responsibility for that and go well i need to first of all think how you know what is it instead of like this isn't working it's like what can i do what needs to happen here what do i need in order to find a kind of more peaceful rhythm again and then you can like bring that feedback to the to the whole you know? Absolutely. yeah but it, so it's up to each individual in a way to kind of shape their own role rather than looking to the hierarchy like you know this isn't working i need more money or i need more help or i need you know it's like that which might be an answer but it's like what is you have to really contemplate like how can I shape this role? Or maybe it's not the right role as well. So I either change the role or I reshape it or I jump yeah. out of it and, and go somewhere else. Yeah, I think we're, because we're in hierarchy so much as like bottom lines, profits, results, 
it feels like in this stage of heterarchy, it's process and what are the tweaks. So when one individual takes that self-responsibility, makes those adjustments, I'm guessing it's going to be helpful for the whole to know about it, right? Because then we can all learn yeah. from that. So yeah, I think that transparency in process for those of us brave enough to, to delve into this unknown would be so helpful and supportive, you know, even when we're not working on the same projects or aims or companies or whatnot. It's just, you know, I've learned so much from this, just telling me about these small adjustments and just even the questions, is it simple? Is it serving? You know, just these baseline things are just so helpful. Yeah, good. Well, I, I'd love to hear how yours, your, your experiment goes as well. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and I, I will definitely take that in as, as a, you know, that's a really great idea. I'll think about that. Awesome. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom. It's always such a pleasure to drop in with you. Yeah, such a pleasure, Danny. I hope that I hope you find that um, helpful and inspiring. And um, feel free to share any of that. And I'll I'll, um, I'll kind of use I'll share this out at some point as well. So okay, fantastic. Yeah, people can hear. Thanks, Richard. Cool. We'll let that. We'll let it go there. So. Um, <laughs> That's, that was really fun. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was chockful. I didn't realize that there were, I love how the lines relate to the different processes. It's such a, I mean, it helps with the processes, but also helps with the ever unfolding understanding of the lines and how they're yeah. operating. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. It's nice to weave it all together, actually, because there's, uh, there's lots of little different bits, but when you bring them all together, they kind of begin to form a bit of a, a vision. Yeah. Totally. Well, I'm excited about this new Delta experiment. Is it already in the works? It's been planned for a while. Um, and I think, we're, we're, you know, I'll ask Pia about it. I, I know that she has a kind of, she, she wants to get it going and experiment with it. It's going to be an experiment. Yeah. Um, we don't know whether it will work or not, but um, yeah, we'll, 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 you'll, you'll hear about it. Cool. It sounds exciting. I'm so excited yeah. for the pearl. Finally. Yay. I know I am too, actually. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's going to, I'm going to be on the beat, beating the drum uh, for, for a few months, like just letting people know these, you know, the same things. This will be a really nice preparation actually. Um, oh. So we can use, we can share this as part of, you know, might take little chunks of this or I don't know, I'll give it to, of I'll give course. it to the guys and they'll see what they think of it. But thank you for asking these fantastic questions. Thank you for letting me, for being open. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, it's so great to see you, Richard. Yeah, I love you, Danny. Just, love you too. You know, yeah, take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to give it a like, to share it with your nearest and dearest, and remember to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single episode of your very favorite podcast, Word Up with Danny Katz. We'll see you soon, tribe. <laughs>